welcome, welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode number 16, and this is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, Dapuma. Thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Merrimack, New Hampshire, the 603. Uh, dude, we're week 16. Like, we're the last week in, like, fantasy football, if you think of it that way. 16 weeks, pretty much. 16 weeks, Probably yeah. Probably in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like, most teams are 16, uh, 16 games, right? And yep. then 17 weeks of the regular season. So, uh, we're, uh, can't believe we've got one whole season down to this thing. No shit. <laughs> this is the off season. I mean, yeah. we, we had impeccable, you know, timing. Starting with, like, the, you know, the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship games. But, yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, I, you know, I, thinking back to that whole ordeal when I wanted to do this whole thing, I was hoping we'd like get our thing all refined and do it next season. Right. But I know you were pushing for just do it as soon as possible. I think it's a great idea, and I you know give credit to your idea. It was great to get all the kinks worked out um, in the uh, the playoffs and have some good podcast put down. And now we'll be ready for the season when it comes around. Right? Hell yeah! Hell so. yeah! Good time. So. What's what's good, Jay? What's dude, what's happening? Dude, nothing, man. Nothing. Nothing exciting has happened. Um, I've got no stories or anything. I've just been working like crazy. Um, that's really it, man. I got nothing else. Just working, getting ready for the podcast. How about you, bro? Dude, wave of emotion. So me being the the ultimate, you know, history geek. Uh, my job, the the president of the company, is is fortunate enough to be part of the D-Day Squadron. Yeah, man. This is the 75th anniversary. Uh, him and uh, uh, other contingent of Christ, at least seven DC-3, C-47, you know, paratroop carrier aircraft were, were gearing up to go over to Europe to go across the pond for for June 6th. So I was able to uh, hitch a ride on Friday. Yeah. It flew for an hour. It, it was great. I mean, a bunch of – some people on other planes got sick that are my colleagues and, you know, naturally I felt bad for Did they throw up on the aircraft themselves? Or? They, they did, but they, they gave out six sacks. Yeah. So they, they, at least they made it in Was the it more turbulent than like a regular aircraft? See, the thing is, is because the aircraft's not pressurized, the C-47, you know, we're flying low and we're also flying in formation. So if you're the lead aircraft, the turbulence isn't as bad. But oh, if yeah. you're, All if the you're wake second goes, and third, yeah. you're getting the, the prop wash, you're getting the wake turbulence. So the, the people that are, the other folks that are in our office... They were super sick just because they were the second and third aircraft in, in, in tail. Yeah. So I had a blast. Uh, it was great. Uh, I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. I knew if I didn't go on that plane, my dad would have, like, disowned me. Oh, like, dude. you could have went on the C-47. Like, get out of here. So that was, like, the peak of my emotions this week. Okay. And then the valley yeah. was Friday we had some pest, uh, local pest uh, service come through at the house and do like an initial treatment and look at stuff. And these these two folks, they, they gave us the final report and they're like, oh, by the way, did you notice there was a dead skunk underneath one of the stairs leading to the pool? I was like, nope. I'm like, yeah, there's a, there's, a dead, there's a dead skunk there. And I didn't believe it. Uh, so I opened the back door going towards the, 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 back, uh, the back porch leading to the pool and you can smell skunk. Please tell me it's live. Please tell me it's live. And it just reaches and lunges at you. No, no. So you can smell it. But here I am thinking it's like literally at the poolside. Like, you know, the little we have a little platform where there's a staircase. And I'm like, all right, I smell it, but I don't see it. And I'm looking by where the pool ladder is. Didn't see it. So then I step back and, you know, my girlfriend, Tara, points out, see it right there underneath the wooden steps. Dude, like it was half decomposed. Like it's still, it was smelling like skunk. It was like skunk and like dead, decaying carcass 
just sitting underneath like this friggin' wooden stair. So we're like, all right, we'll call animal control. Like yeah. they'll come, they'll come pick it up. Like we don't know how it died. Like why would any animal just curl up and die underneath a wooden staircase, right? Yeah. So we call animal control. They call Tara back and they're like, yeah, that's not normally our thing. So <laughs> I was you, like, why'd you call animal control? Just so, throwing a trash bag. So in. well, but then again, like you know, one time in New Hampshire. One of my boys thought it'd be a good idea to put a dead rotting raccoon carcass on my car, and animal control came out and, and took the like the fucking thing out. Saying New Hampshire, bro, this is Connecticut. Yo, well, uh, apparently you, you throw know, away your own carcass. We, we don't want to get our hands dirty around here. So the animal control says, "Yeah, just you know, grab a shovel, double bag it, bleach the fucking thing." Right. So here I am. I'm like mentally preparing myself. Just like, yeah, I totally like on my weekend. I totally want to put. Pepe Le Pew in a black trash bag. Oof. Like, I totally want to do that. And keep in mind, Saturday was like 70, 75 degrees. So mm-hmm. here's this thing that's like, it's dead and decaying and is now baking in the sun. So I'm looking for a shovel. Couldn't find a shovel. So I had to get a fucking like, uh, like a post digger. So it, it, it's, you know, literally what you use to dig posts for a fence. And it's like a little vice looking thing. It's meant yeah. to grab rocks, not dead rotting Pepe Le Pew. Pepe so, Le Pew. So I'm trying to grab it and it's not happening. And like, dude, like the fucking fur was coming off. Uh, like the fur was coming off, but you, no you body. You graphic detail here. No body. <laughs> so finally, like I, I grab it and I flop it like half in the bag. And I'm like, I'm not like I have gloves on it. I still don't want to touch this fucking thing. Yeah. So I just like use some fucking like volley into the bag and then double bag it. And I had to put it in the trash over here. I'm calling, I'm calling Peter on you, bro. Fucking, it's not my her, fault the her, damn thing died underneath her, my stairs. Per Peter's wishes, you should have buried that. Oh, yeah. That's gone. Bury a Give it give a, a proper burial from yeah, what Peter wants. How many flies? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not how I'm many not. flies were over there? <laughs> no, dude. It was like, I'm like I'm trying not to gag. You should, you should have called Peter and be like, excuse me, what should I do with this dead animal here? Let's see what the reaction so like, is. And I'm trying to do this before, you know. We went to te- uh, to to our colleague Dana's uh, like Dana's performance the other night. Yeah. So like I'm trying to do this and like put a, a dead rotting skunk carcass in there, and then little Joe, our our video producer on YouTube, he shows up at the house, and I tell him like park it for the trash cans, hold your breath for like 30 seconds though, because there's a dead rotting carcass in the trash. Ooh. So yeah, it was a great great wow. weekend. Dana's performance though was great, so was that good? was the highlight. You know what? So before we get to that, I, I, I'm just picturing now you calling Peter and asking them these questions about this dead animal. Like, what would their reaction be? What do you think they would say to you? Be like, how did it die? Yeah, yeah. Did the, you kill it? Yeah. Did you kill the skunk? <laughs> I know, did right? you, how could you kill a loving animal, bitch? It died underneath my fucking staircase. I had no idea it was dead until two like college students on summer break came up and did this pest control thing around the house. And yeah. they're like, oh yeah, there's a dead, there's a, no, there's a dead, dead skunk in these stairs. Yeah, I hate when people like push their beliefs on you. I hate that shit more than anything on the planet. Like, hate it with a passion. Yo, yeah. do you? Like, I'm not stepping on your dick. Like, leave, yeah. me, leave me the fuck alone. If yeah. you if you want to wear fur, by all means. Yeah. If I don't agree with fur, that's one thing. I'm not going to throw paint at you. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, I always like rubbing people the wrong way. You know that, right? Oh, you <laughs> rub people the wrong so way? Like, so like whenever I see like, uh, like you know, a Prius or something, I'm driving the Mustang, I'll pull up and rev the engine even higher, right? Oh, this um, guy. Or like then you I'll... wonder why people flip you off. <laughs> so 
So I, could, I just can't wait to meet like a PETA person and be like, oh, well, you know, I think it's great what Dude, happens. there was a shit. <laughs> I think KFC is a great establishment. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when we like, were in LA, there was like, PETA was protesting some clothing outlet out there. Like they had the whole metal barricades and everything. I don't wear fur, but I would wear fur in front of a PETA person. Just Dude, to get their really reaction. you really want to start a fight? Like they're all lunatics, Why not? What are they going to do? Yell at you? Dude, they're all fun. they're they're batshit crazy. Bro. What are they gonna do? Huh? <laughs> Yo, I'm just saying. I ain't afraid. Uh, all right. Regardless, how was Dennis' performance? It was great. Yeah? It was good. It was in a it was in a local. I guess you could call it almost like a like a town hall kind of deal. Uh, there wasn't any central air. Yeah. There was just like two like fans that you, you have here in my kitchen trying to circulate air that has like at least 55, 60 people in there. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I'm Brazilian. So like if the temperature goes up like a degree or two, I look like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter, just fucking sweating buckets. Same here, deal. dude. Same here. That's all the time. Like, we're all crammed together. So it's like, I want to move to kind of air out, but like uh, I'm going to either backhand my girlfriend in the face or I'm going to hit like... D-Row in e- the face. Easy, Kareem Hunt. Easy, Hart. And it's like, dude, I just want to, like, I want to air out. Like, intermission couldn't come soon enough. Like, I got up, I ran outside. You would have thought, like, and granted, it was, like, five guys in there. So, I'm, I'm thinking, like, yo, I don't know what a hot flash is, but maybe this is what yeah. it is. I don't know. So, before we get to the actual, like, cover uh, topics we want to cover, um, I just uh, brought up Kareem Hunt, and I want to run something by you. So, being... A fan of like a major team like the Patriots, right? Um, maybe I'm hypersensitive to some of these some of these like issues that come up. Oh, here we go. Like you're already laughing. No, no, right? no, because I, I know where the story's going. I, I, I want to hear your take. Where? Where's it going? How do you know? Because I How follow. Do you know? I follow. Yo. I might have been born at night, Jay. Well, I have an what, idea. What do you think I'm going to say? Go ahead. You're going to talk about Kareem Hunt getting baptized this weekend. No, actually, I'm not. Really? I'm not, no, well, I'm what not. are you talking about then? So I, uh, I lost a lot of faith in pro football focus. Because these guys, um, I saw an article, and I'll, I'll run through the uh, the story itself. These guys are big on we're gonna take all the metrics and give you some sort of analysis on it, right? Right. And they took all the metrics that they thought were correct, and they made a list of top twenty five talents under twenty five years old. Uh huh. The three running backs that are listed were Saquon Barkley, okay, Alvin Kamara, yeah, Kareem Hunt. Where's Ezekiel Elliott and where's Todd Gurley? So, and I'm trying to get to this point that, like, how is Kareem Hunt in front of Zeke, at least? You know what I'm saying? Like, Zeke is a two-time rushing champion, under right. 25 still. How how can they take all Wait, those so, metrics? Wait, hang on. Get the order again. So, you had Saquon. So it, you so, had Kamara. And then it was Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, right? So, it was basically top 25 players under 25. Um, and the three running backs in that top 25 players that they chose to highlight were... Zeke's under 25, right? Zeke's, yeah, of course he's under 25. I looked this up to make sure I had the argument correct. Like, how can they not possibly have Zeke in the I top 25? Yeah, of I course. So, Two-time rushing champion, right? Uh, two out of three years he's been in the league, he's been, like, crushing and dominating it, right? Um, so, and I think um, it's just more... Cowboy hate, right? So I, I experienced this with Dak Prescott because I'm always like, yeah, I get it. Dak Prescott isn't the greatest of quarterbacks, but people talk talk about him like he's a bum. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think it's being repeated here with Zeke as well. Like, I think Zeke is one of those really underrated players in the league. We have this conversation quite a bit about how Zeke is the engine of that team. They right. got to pay I him. Think, I think Zeke is falling in the category of like when DeMarco Murray was in his heyday, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was getting all those yards and whatnot. And then he left Dallas and went to Tennessee and he was kind of nowhere to be had. Like he had like maybe one good year. I think, to, you know, the, the cowboy hate is is real. That has to be it, I, I think, mean, for the most part, right? It, 
And that's and the thing is, is he's a two-time rushing champion. He is clearly the guy that makes the offense go. Like that's that's why I said last week. I personally think he's the best running back in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a false statement. That's not my prejudice because I'm a high state fan. No. But that's like something that we can argue. We can be like, yeah, I can see your point about that, right? right? But the fact that Pro Football Focus didn't even have him in the top twenty-five hundred twenty-five, like, and he does all the aspects. He can run in between the tackles. He can catch the ball. A two-time running champ. I would have had Zeke one. God. Zeke won. It's hard with Saquon because it was one year. Yeah, it's one year. You know, like yeah, I if, if I if I was doing, I would have done Zeke, Todd Gurley, the Todd father, McCaffrey. I would probably put Saquon over McCaffrey just because McCaffrey's in top five. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But Kareem Hunt, I mean, like the guy missed half of last year. He's gonna make ha- miss half of this year, right? Like I don't understand. So uh, it's just one of, one of those. Um, it's almost like cowboy hate meets clickbait. Yeah. Well, I think I think my main point here is sometimes stats can take away from the actual like look what you're seeing with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like look at what you're seeing on the field, and that's what Pro Football Focus did here. They took all the metrics and everything in. They decided not to put Zeke in the top twenty-five or twenty-five. Right. That's something that came to my mind when you brought up Kareem Hunt. I was like, oh, I might as well throw it in there. You know? Yeah. No. So, you, you gotta have Zeke one. You gotta have Zeke, right? Yeah. yeah. They should pay that man. They should pay him. We'll if talk anyone's about it. getting paid, if anyone's getting paid at Dallas, yeah. it's Zeke. Mm-hmm. It, it like the pecking order is it's Zeke, it's Dak, and then it's Cooper. Well, here's my thought. You gotta pay. You gotta give uh, Zeke what he wants. You gotta give him the max, whatever he wants. Give him that. Right. You gotta give Dak close to. I'm not giving him thirty. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't give him thirty. Twenty seven. 20 25 is too low 20 how's it too low for his for what he what are you talking about he's being, almost like Alex Smith I think he's better than Alex Smith bro yeah I mean listen I'm, he's 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 like oh he's you know a, a tick above game manager like that's not that's exactly not exactly he's a tick above game manager but he's not in that elite level and that's what I was trying to get at like I think you pay him but like you're talking about him getting Matt Stafford money 27 27 is a good number man he, 25. That's me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Regardless, you cannot pay Cooper the 16 million he wants. There's no way you can Do pay not, Cooper that much. Jerry Jones? He's one step if away you, from being a if boss. If you are somehow listening to this podcast, I know you are, Jerry. Just do not pay Mario Cooper $16 million a year. There's no way. That would be the dumbest thing you've ever done. And you've done a lot of dumb things. And, like, things. I understand, like, all right, you you mortgaged, like, your draft feature. You gave up a first-round pick. I understand, I understand that. But... Short of a couple of good games with Oakland, yeah. he's like the most inconsistent wide receiver over the past couple of years. Like three steps away from being a bust. Like, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I got, I got him. Uh, I got him fairly high in my top ten power rankings. Uh, actually, not fairly high, but they're in there somewhere. So, all right, all so, right. Yeah, cool. So, uh, you want to kick the things off, man? You want to give yeah, us the run on Patrick Peterson? Where we going? We going to suspensions? Or we getting fired? Let's talk about Patrick Pearson. All right. I, uh, I. Uh, yeah, let's get into that. That'll be a fun topic. Yeah. Patrick Peterson, the in my opinion, the best player on that uh, Arizona Cardinals roster, uh, was recently suspended for six games. Uh, four of those games are because he violated the performance-enhancing drug policy, and two of those games are uh, because he had a masking agent. So four plus two, you get six yep. games. Via Condios, he's suspended. He's missing out on what, like three plus million dollars? Yes, three point eight. So let's call it four million. Just be on the safe side, yep. right? Let's round up. And he's missing thirty-seven percent of his games, right? Um, you do the math of six divided by sixteen, thirty-seven point whatever eight percent. Yep. 
I think that's a that's a good enough penalty. Um, I know you have different uh, views on the MLB and the NFL drug policies. You believe the MLB is more superior, but I think for the NFL, it's it's in line with what they've done, right? Um, this I don't know how much it's going to affect the Cardinals next year because let's call it for what it is. Patrick Pearson was not on the decline, but he wasn't the same player he used to be. Mm. And some of the stories out there are he's he actually started taking some PEDs just to kind of get back to the level of elite, you know, cornerback talent. Um, so that's fine and well. Now, I think this is the biggest PED suspension we've ever seen, right? This is the biggest superstar, right? Who else is bigger? I don't think Julian is bigger, right? I don't think... I mean, uh, name-wise, who else yeah. got suspended for PED? Because everyone gets suspended because of weed. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, like, it's either weed or you're beating your significant other. Like, that's that's when the only... Like, that's the only time you get suspended. Yeah. But my thing is, he's been the squeaky wheel for, like, a, a half a season last year. And then going into the draft this season... He's been asking to get traded. Last year, he kind of walked it back. This year, I don't know what the hell happened when he showed up for veteran minicamp, but he stopped going to those halfway through and it was asking for a trade. Yeah. So now... that's, that's what, All this makes more sense now with how there was those rumblings um, three, four weeks ago about the uh, Patrick Pearson being traded to the right. Chiefs. All, all this started making more sense now because of PD was right. coming and out then, of line. On top of that, too, uh, what was it? Sports Radio out in Arizona, Arizona Sports 98.7, uh, John Gambadardo reported that Peterson was more upset with the Cardinals front office because the suspension was coming down. But it sounded like he thought Arizona would have done him a solid given what he's done for the organization of restructuring the contract. So he would lose money, but it wouldn't be as bad. Get the fuck out of here. And it never happened. So now he's, you know, out almost $4 million in in payments. And he's all, he's asked about it. But here's my thing. You're 28 years old. In theory, you're still, air quotes, in the prime of your career. Yeah. Why are you taking, like... I mean, granted, he's never missed a game. I have a good point on that. So he's never missed a game. So I can understand. Like, your body's going well, through wear and tear. You brought up, you brought up the point of why is he taking those drugs, right? Yeah. I, after this uh, suspension came out, all the media heads got on TV, got on radio, and they started saying stuff like, how could he? Why is like he doing baseball. this? Yep. And I look back and I'm like, I don't care. I generally don't care that people or sports professional athletes take PEDs. I'm a guy that comes from the mindset of do whatever is necessary to get the job done, right? So the win at all costs mentality. Um, and I do not fault Patrick Peterson for sitting back three, four, five years ago and thinking, God, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have it anymore. Maybe, maybe he's been taking it forever. Maybe this is when he got caught. Maybe he's been taking it since he's like 18. And at 18, he figured out I'm not good enough. Let me somehow, you know, get these PDs in me, up my level of game, get this massive contract. And if it comes down to it, I made a business decision. I'll lose out on $4 million. I'll miss six games. But at the end of the day, I've made so much more money. Like, I don't fault those guys that go to the point of, I'm going to take PDs to get ahead in the game with the repercussions coming later on. Because the the repercussions aren't as harsh as what they're going to make. Right. uh, What's his name? Uh... A uh, A Raj, um, he got A-Rod. the massive. Yeah, he got the, he got the massive contract with the with the Yankees, right? And then everybody came out like, oh well, it's all like you know, it's not valid because he took PEDs in the show. Right, like, he was also taking steroids in Texas too. Like, I'm pretty dude, sure. He, he made a he made a calculated decision. He figured out this is what it'll take for me to get an actual massive contract. Let me go take care of it and fuck it. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. My thing is like, or, I don't have a problem if you're gonna if you're gonna take performance enhancing drugs, like 
you're risking the chance. Like, don't cry foul when your hand gets caught in the cookie jar. Yeah. Like, I'm always going to use that Yeah, expression. just order right now. Order don't, right now. Fuck don't it. Get, like, if you're going to do it, do it knowing the risk. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose this. Your team, like, it could lose shit too. Like, you're putting a whole, you're putting yourself to a whole lot of risk for minimal gains potentially. Like, yeah, okay, you're going to get paid for a contract if, you, if, you have, if you're in a contract year and you light it up. But here's my thing. The MLB drug policy, to me, is, is super cut and dry. It's not this nonsense of, all right, well, Julian Edelman only took a steroid, so we're going to give him four games. Mm-hmm. But here's Patrick Peterson taking a steroid, and he gets four games, but eh, we caught him with a really shitty masking agent, so we're going to throw two more games on top of that. MLB, if I'm a starting right fielder for the Chicago Cubs, and I'm taking Anadrol, and I'm taking uh, some other nonsense, and then I'm taking a recovery drug... If all those are on the list, regardless of if, if it's like steroids or performance or a masking agent, it's 80 games. Second offense, regardless of what it is, it's a whole season. Third, I'm lifetime banned, and after being out for two years, I can apply for reinstatement. Hmm. And on top of that, I miss out on postseason play. So because of Melky Cabrera, he was suspended for performance enhancing drugs, and then his teammates the playoffs, and he played and he got a World Series ring. Ooh. Whereas in football, you you get you fail a drug test. The worst that's going to happen to Patrick Peterson, say he comes back, say he gets traded to the Chiefs, he can still play in a playoff game. Of course, but yeah. he's going to just miss out on a Pro Bowl. Sure, yeah. Whoop the fucking do. Yeah. Like to me, like yeah. Here's the NFL drug policy. So positive test for a diuretic or masking agent, two regular season and or postseason games. All right. Positive test for a stimulant or anabolic agent, four games. Positive test for a banned substance plus a diuretic or a masking agent and other shit. Six games. So the top is six games. Yeah. Like, yo. And it goes back to the point of maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I will take PEDs and I will deal with the six-game suspension if it comes, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not being a hypocrite here. Even when Julian Edelman got his four-game suspension last, last year, I didn't really give a fuck. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, dude, you know what? I will go even further. Maybe he wasn't good enough. Maybe he wasn't good enough as a wide receiver and he had to take those PEDs to become what he is now, right? I don't know if it's and if, that. And if, and if it's that, then it is what it is. You know, whatever whatever the whatever the, the reasoning is, these guys make calculated decisions putting that... They, they clearly know it's wrong. They know what they're putting in their bodies. Right. When you're at that level and you have the, the nutritionist and the fitness coach right. or whatever, like, you have all the money in the world. You know what you're putting in your body is wrong. But... They don't care because the repercussions aren't harsh enough. Right? Right. That's what, like, it, you know, with baseball, and I think this kind of ties into to football as well, too. You know, Andy Pettit, when he was popped for taking performance-enhancing drugs, he went on Congress. He was under Olsen. I actually know Andy Pettit is pitcher for the Yankees. Yeah, look at that. Dude, look at that. Look at that. Dropping some baseball knowledge. There is there is some hope. Call me Buster only. Oh, second name. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> but uh, when he was hauled up to Congress, he said he took PEDs just for recovery. He was yeah. recovering from, sure. from an injury. Sure. And I think, you know, that's probably the same with Edelman. You know, there's only so many times you can go across the middle and not take of a course, fucking beating. Of course. And trust me, I know. I know 90% of this is for recovery. Right. I get it. But even that is a leg up. Even, no doubt. Even, even getting to the point of just getting brutalized or putting in a massive amount of workouts. And don't get it twisted. I'm and so, the next I'm day you wake up like a fucking 18-year-old and you're ready yep. to go again. You know what I'm saying? I get it. But it's still an unfair advantage. And these guys make those calculated decisions. Right. So. That's why I think if you start making it more stern like Major League Baseball, all right, you want to fuck around. Like, I don't care if you're taking a masking agent and a steroid or if you're just taking a steroid. It's half the season. Next time, you're sitting out the whole year. Third time, yeah, hope you like, you know, 
pulling an Andre Ryzen. You're going to wash my car, Dre? Because that's what you're about to do if you fuck around with these fucking drugs some more. Dude, all this PD talk got me in the mood for some PEDs. Where can I find some? Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Let's go, go get some go, PDs. Yo, go, go to your doctor. Be like, yo, I need my, I need a TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. <laughs> They'll probably fill out a fucking, uh, fucking thing for you right quick. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm fucking man. It is what it is. I really don't care one bit. He's gonna miss six games. I'm not outraged. I'm not like sanctity of sports or you know the uh, the nature of competition. Fuck all right. No, like I'm a it's, I'm, it's a dirty business, man. No. It's a sport. You know? I mean, I'm a purist, don't, but don't get me wrong. Steroids yeah. save baseball, but like moving forward, he's gonna be out a Dude, shit ton of cash. You know, hang on a second. He's gonna be out a shit ton of cash. Yeah. And the Cardinals have been trading him. How do you, like they're gonna have to temper their expectations on what the draft hall is, yeah. right? Like at best, they're gonna get a second round pick. They might have to eat a shit sandwich to take a third form. You know how you fix baseball? You let steroids in. Well, that's what saved baseball in the nineties, dude. I'm not a baseball fan, but even I remember the Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire home run, yeah. like uh, home run competition they had that year. Yeah, they're both steroids. Ken Griffey steroided. was on it too until he got hurt, and he was the only one that wasn't juicing up. Steroid out of their minds, like they should just come out as one big. Fucking chest. Dude, you know it wasn't even just just, to have a, just have a fucking bat sticking out of a chest and just fucking. It was it was those two. It was Jose Canseco. Yeah. It was uh, Giambi. Uh, Dude, I'd watch. I mean, I'm not a baseball fan, but I remember that clearly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Let's let steroids back into baseball. That's what saved the sport in the first place. <laughs> I wrote a paper on that in college. Yeah. Yeah. How steroids saved baseball after the strike. Give us your findings, Dr. Silva. I mean, attendance was down after the strike. I mean, literally the, everybody in their brother was against baseball players because of they were they were holding out for higher wages and they were already the highest paid athletes in North America at that point. So nobody was going to the games. Attendance was down. And here comes Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire essentially juicing up. And then the home run chase happens. And that's what put people in the seats. I remember watching, like, I was at a family event when I was younger at my aunt's house, and I didn't interact with anybody there because I wanted to watch the St. Louis Cardinals game, the Cardinals-Cubs, because Mark McGuire was in the home run chase. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody was I'd watching watch it. shit. I'd watch it. Yeah. I mean, I it, listen, I, I, it, got, it got to me, and I wasn't a baseball fan, right? Yeah. So Profits were down. Attendance was down. They had to save the sport somehow. Dude, if I was, if I was the MLB commissioner, just pump those fucking... Gatorade bottles of steroids, man. Yeah. <laughs> even, okay. if you, even if you don't want it, you take it. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, like, listen, I don't want to shout baseball, but I was watching, uh, I never watched SportsCenter, and uh, I somehow stumbled upon it, top 10, like two nights ago. And, like, the number four play was, like, some baseball game in the MLB, and the play was some guy just fell over and, like, caught the ball. Like, that's all it was. He just, but we like, need more context, because I feel like, was he at third base? Uh, he was between second and third. Short, I think a shortstop. All right, so shortstop. He just like it was not even like a long like lunging grab. He just like kind of fell over and just got the ball like, and he was like, oh my god, it was a top four play. And I was like, was what it a bad the hop? Fuck? Was he gutting him down from his knees on a spin move? I don't know, man. We need more context. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna throw shade at baseball on a top play, you better come to the table with the. You know, the play-by-play, what was he doing, where were they, what was he getting, what was, how many people were on base, yeah. But they don't give you all that context in the top 10. Like, they just say, look at this play. And I'm like, okay. Oh, please, Jay, Jay, <laughs> I've heard the top 10 plays, and they'll describe who it is, what the game is, and what was on the line at the time. I'm detecting bullshit for 500, Alex. I'm just saying, uh, all right. <laughs> Anywho, 
asshole. You know what? We never we uh, we should make a segment. Uh, we talked about this before we launched the podcast. We should be teaching Jay Chima baseball. Because you're right, I do need to expand my horizons. I'm like so focused on football all the time. It's like, shit, man, I got to like, you know. And you know what's funny? Uh, this uh, this season, I got really into, well, actually in the playoff run, I got big into the Columbus Blue Jackets, the NHL hockey team. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts slash radio from back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were making a great playoff run. And I, and I actually got into it. I was watching playoff hockey, and I was like, this is intense. I had no idea what the fuck I was watching. I had... <laughs> No idea why there were power plays. I still don't understand why there are power plays. Yeah, because um, some guy gets thrown in the penalty box. One one team plays a man or two down. You know what I'm saying so. I uh, I just I, I gotta Jay. I gotta expand the horizons a little bit. We should come up with a segment teaching Jay Chima baseball, right? Wow. We I mean we, we need to come up with a segment of teach Jay Chima a lot of things. Wow. I mean, come on, man, a power play. You you tell me you watched the whole Blue Jacket series <laughs> and it didn't click with you of why there's a power play. I mean, I kind of figured out why it was happening, but I didn't understand like how long it was. I'll throw shit at Is you. Is there? Just gonna start hucking shit at you. Dude, do you hate me? I don't. I don't hate you, Jay. I'm just a little disappointed right now. <laughs> just a little. The D word. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not Oof. upset. I'm just disappointed. Oof, rough, rough. On that lovely note, let's move on to the next topic. God, uh, the New York Jets. Let's give. Let's get the rundown, Mr. Puma. What? Here's the thing. Someone. At, I love this at, at shit. Giant Stadium really needs to be like, I'm going to buy you guys drinks for three years. <laughs> because whatever heat there was immediately went to one jet drive. All that will go with one stupid Dave Gettleman comment. You know what? I love Dave Gettleman. And we're gonna, I'm going to get to why I love Dave Gettleman after I get to this segment. Let's go. But so for those of you that don't know, uh, Mike McCagnin, the general manager of the New York Jets, and the vice president of player personnel, Brian Hermendinger, were unceremoniously fired on, uh, I believe it was uh, Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday. Either way, they were fired earlier in this week. Whenever it was, shit was blown up. They were shit-canned. And it's just, it's an interesting move because they fired their general manager who spent almost uh, $200 million in free agency and then did the entire draft process to fire that man to put Adam Gase as the interim general manager for the New York Jets. All right, let me get through this. Um, I saw this and I was like, what the fuck? Right? Just like everybody else. I was like, what? I was, at, I was at lunch with Tara. I was at lunch with Tara and I said, listen, I, I hate doing this, but I need to hop on Twitter for like five fucking minutes to tweet this real quick. And do this. I'm glad you did it. I was, I was like busy. I was at work and I was like, I didn't see this till like three hours later. And I'm like, oh my God, this is massive. Hopefully yep. somebody threw it up there and then you did it. So thank you for that. But I, um, I saw this and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. They were fired after the draft. After he spent all their money on free agency. He blew up the entire salary cap. He basically signed a player in Le'Veon Bell that looks like Gase doesn't want. Right? Yep. And it's all very evident here. Gase won out. There were some serious power struggles in that front office, and it seems as, as if Gase won out, right? Um, my biggest issue here is, what has Gase warranted to get all this power and pull in the NFL? He's done absolutely nothing. On top of that, it seems as, as if wherever Gase goes, he has issues getting all with people. He had issues in Miami. Mm-hmm. Now he has issues in New York. Um, and... It comes down to my biggest issue with this whole thing is Gase hasn't earned the right 
to pull these kind of power, power plays. No, absolutely not. And, and here's the thing. Like, the Jets just look like a fucking clown show. They, they, they hired Gase in January. Like, the Jets were out of it by, like, week, what, week eight? Mm-hmm. Like, Todd Bowles was already on the hot seat. Everyone, it was the worst kept secret. Todd Bowles was going to be out. Mm-hmm. So, everyone knows they have a shit ton of money in the salary cap. They're going to be in on Le'Veon Bell. Yep. You're telling me, Adam Gase, that you took that interview and you took the job not knowing that, eh, Le'Veon Bell might be coming here. Yep. We might be paying a pretty penny for Le'Veon Bell. Rumors were circulating that Le'Veon Bell could be moved before the oh, start yeah. of training camp. Adam Gase was so against the move of Le'Veon Bell being signed to a long-term contract. Now that the GM is out of the way, he could essentially trade him. And it's not even just that. It's ownership. Yeah. After all those signings of C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell, and they almost had Anthony Barr, the, the, the COO, because the actual owner of the team is out in uh, the U.K. as uh, the U.S. ambassador, uh, his fucking brother, uh, what the hell is his? What the, he's such a stooge. Chris, I can't remember Chris his Johnson name. Chris Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Chris Johnson, the bag man, comes out and says, we had a hell of an offseason. We got Le'Veon Bell. We got C.J. Mosley. We're making huge strides. We're going to build around Sam Darnold with all these tools. And then it comes to draft. They make all those draft picks, and then they can them after. But in one jet drive, there were rumblings that the biggest knock on McCagney was he was super indecisive, and he had a real hard time uh, making the the quick, fast, hard decisions. And I think that came to, to rear its likely head two times. One, when Anthony Barr... Seemed to be a jet. Sure, I remember that. And he then went back. in a matter of hours, he walked it back. Like, yeah. why Why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, why all of a sudden it, it's either you're leveraging the Jets to get more money from the Vikings, which, all right, that's, that, that's a business decision. I understand that. But then, too, you're going to go from Minneapolis, which in all intents and purposes is not a big market compared to New York. Yeah. Like, you get your name out there. You're going to be in prime time no matter what your team's doing. Prime time. And... And then two, I think the like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of was when McCagden was almost pleading for someone to make a deal for their third overall pick in the draft this year, mm-hmm. and there was like for some reason there was no deal to be had. Really, and, and that was another knock on him too was he was kind of impossible to deal with with trade talks. Like it was almost frustrating at times really? to deal with him. So. There's no reports of teams involved in trying to trade up, but I can see that being a factor if you're putting it out there months in advance. We're interested in trading down. Make us an offer. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense, man. And uh, I saw I saw the Jets' game plan this offseason, and I loved it. I was like, all right, well, I wouldn't pay him a lot of money, but they sound like Le'Veon Bell. They're going to help out Sam Darnold. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. You're right. It's not that bad. We're all like, you know, whatever. I guess Le'Veon Bell got some money, but he didn't get all what he wanted, right? right? Um, but I liked it, that they had an actual decisive plan moving forward. It seems like they were moving somewhere, right? They had CJ Mosley, Quentin Williams. Like, they took on Bell to help out um, San Darnold. But now this is all kind of walking that shit back now. This is all like, hey, let's get back in the Tavoys bullshit. And this this kind of shit, these storylines, this fucking weighs on the team, man. Like, right. I, this kind of shit, like, because the first thing they'll ask fucking San Darnold when he walks into the building is, well, what's your thoughts on... Blah, blah, blah. First time that Le'Veon Bell walks into, uh, into the building, they were like, what's your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. And you're not being here. Like, you know, they didn't really want you here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this kind of shit just wears on a team and it's unnecessary. And here's the thing, like, you know, to get back to Gase, because, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan and I had to deal with like three, four years of this guy. The dude, the dude seems like he's... And what, like, I just, I don't get the credence. Like, 
Okay, he was the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the worst quarterback rating in the history of the league. Exactly. Nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not God's gift to football because you're coaching a Hall of Famer. They, like, should, have, they should have exceptions for people that, for offensive coordinators that coach Peyton Manning, um, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Right. What are you doing? You're just holding a fucking clipboard. Like, you're, getting, you're getting them coffee. You're, right. They're going to win way without you. Right. Put. Like, I'll give you Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler had good years. That's, yeah. That, I'll, give you, I'll give you smoking Jay. I'll give you that. And then for a I cup of coffee, Jay Cutler. You, you, your team overachieved in Miami with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I'll give you that cup of coffee. What else have you done? You Nothing. haven't done anything. You've divided an entire locker room for two years in a row. You traded Jay Ajayi for a hot dog and a handshake on top of a, with a Visa gift card because he was upset he wasn't getting the touches and you wanted to move on. I understand that. That was a statement trade. But then next season, you roll into the locker room and it's the same bullshit. You're, you're, you're arrogant. You haven't been humbled when you're getting blown out on Thursday night fucking football. Yep. Two years in a row, yep. you're losing by almost double-digit scores. You're not getting humbled at all. And then your entire locker room is split in half down the middle because you are treating Ryan Tannehill with kid gloves, which Ray Charles... In his grave, blind, could understand that Ryan Tannehill is not the answer for the Miami Dolphins and you're sticking to your guns with that man and you're not going to go with Matt Moore who would have had a better offense and everybody in the locker room liked and you're wondering why you're out of a job. You gave me a lot of information there. The most prominent being, I didn't know Ray Charles was dead. You didn't know that. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, Ray Charles is dead. I thought he was still alive. But the bigger point, all kidding aside, is you are... The cancer of a locker room in Miami in an organization for the last fucking 15 years has not had a quarterback since Dan Marino. Ownership could kind of give a shit about. And the fans in South Florida really don't care because of South Florida. Never mind. Steve Wonder is the one I had confused. Steve Wonder is still alive, right? Yes, he's still alive. I've like having two different conversations. He's still alive. <laughs> but the point being, Jay, is what has Adam Gase done... To get fired from a job where you are, the reason why you are out of a job is because of your personality. You haven't been humbled by insane losses. You were talking shit at the press conference after getting pulled from national television by CBS against the, the, the New England Patriots last year. And you're still talking shit. You're talking shit. You haven't been humbled yet. What is, what is it going to take? And now all of a sudden you push a man out of a job because you're God's gift to general managing? Um, that was the first thing I let off with. I was like, this guy is apparently getting all this power and pull without without producing. And the, he's done nothing to earn that biggest, right. Like, they, you know? People want to talk about Aaron Rodgers being like petty Pretty and all this enough. other shit. And here he is, him being Adam Gase two weeks ago at a press conference saying... Yeah, I'm getting pissed off about all these reports that McCagnin and I don't get along. Well, motherfucker, it's fucking true if McCagnin is hitting the streets because you didn't like how much they paid Le'Veon Bell. I feel like you have a lot of like unresolved feelings when he was your head coach. The he's Dolphins. just such, he's such I feel a like you're stooge. Just like, you're like venting like, it all out right he's now. Getting, he's getting a job. He's getting an interim general manager. He's going to be involved in picking who's going to be his boss. And the COO, Chris Johnson, has come out and said that we're not going to change the hierarchy. The general manager is going to answer to me individually, and then the head coach is going to answer to me individually. Yeah, right. At that point, yeah, right. Absolutely what is the not. point? Wait, like, if I was the GM, I wouldn't even take the interview with the fucking Jets, man. What's the, what's the point? Nobody wants to. You know what I'm saying? 
And and then, and then these fucking rumors are out there that like Peyton Manning is rumored to like Please, stick to be your somebody. F- yeah, so there's some rumors out there. If you guys haven't heard, um, apparently the Jets want to make a hard run at Peyton Manning. Um, the thought process being Gase and Peyton Manning work together as offensive coordinator, quarterback in Denver. Um, they believe Peyton Manning has the um, the resolve and the firm leadership to be a, a good head, uh, a good GM. And I just saw that and I laughed. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like he's not coming back out of retirement for this bullshit. No. You kidding me? You're a fucking dumpster. You you we thought you had a game plan. Now you're a fucking dumpster fire again. Like, what the fuck, you know? In the middle of the year. And then, like, what made it worse was the conference call that Woody Johnson had. Be- not, uh, what? Chris. Chris. Because Woody's across the pond. Woody's across the pond. That Chris yeah. had, and he just sounded inept. Yeah. Like, oh, I had to take a yeah. deep dive in the organization yeah. and understand the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. But okay. you're coming okay. out and saying we had a hell of an offseason with our signings, and you you know what? Stick to Johnson and Johnson. Stick yeah. to the baby soap and the fucking Ziploc bags I have in my kitchen. Stick to what you know. Stay in your lane. Don't be like Jerry Jones being involved in an organization because you clearly don't know what the hell you're doing at one jet drive. So before the season uh, kicks off, I initially thought the Patriots were going to win this division and the uh, Jets and Bills would be aligned for the second spot in that division. Jets are going to finish I've, last. I've, I've made my mind up. It's going to be Bills second in that division now. Th- third and fourth will be between the Jets and the Dolphins. Good put. luck. Good luck getting Le'Veon Bell to show up at OTAs. Yeah, that's a luck. Oof. Good luck. And, and I saw this on Twitter. I think it was um, uh, Andrew Siciliano, someone, someone in uh, NFL Do with the massive years? Yeah. Oh, my God. He He's like double out, out there. He came out and said, Le'Veon Bell just – Stop playing for a team where a head coach legitimately cared about him. Yeah. And he's going to an organization where he's getting paid kind of what he wanted, but he's going to an organization, a head coach that doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, good luck getting him to show up. Sure. Like, I know. No. Regardless, you, man, it's just, what <laughs> more can you but say? On These guys of, are so stupid. <laughs> on top of possible replacements to fill in for this friggin' dumpster fire. You have Joe Douglas of the Philadelphia Eagles, who's also a, a buddy of Adam Gase, shocker, yeah. Uh, yeah. from their Chicago days. Uh, back in Chicago, Douglas was the head of college scouting while Gase was offensive coordinator for Smoking Jay. Uh, Smoking Jay. He seems to be the front runner. Champ Kelly out. Uh, he's the assistant. Chip Kelly, huh? Uh, Champ. Oh, not Champ. Champ. Oh, not Chip Champ. Kelly. I was like, what? Champ, uh, he's another one. Uh, I think he's friends with Gase as well, too. Shocker. Uh, he's also the director of player personnel with the Bears. Been in Chicago since 2015. He's previously with Denver from 2007 to 2014. So that fits the Adam Gase, yeah. you know, modus operandi. Uh, Lance Newark. Uh, Newmark, rather. He's with the Lions. He's been there for like 20-plus years. Uh, and then the Dark Horse... Is Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL oh, God, Network? There we go. Not more of these people. So Whatever. he took over. He took over for uh, for Mike Mayock when he left and went to Oakland to be the general manager. Uh, Jeremiah was a former scout for the Ravens, the Browns, and the Eagles. And it's kind of interesting because even if he doesn't take the job, and say Joe Douglas does, he might come on and be on Joe Douglas's staff yeah. because they're super tight as well yeah, too. Of course, yeah. So. But why would you want to take that job? I I also saw another dark horse out there um, and people trying to put two and two together. Um, Scott Pioli stepped down with the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, uh, So Scott Pioli asked for a release or stepped down, whatever you want to call it, from the Falcons uh, front office. And uh, there are rumblings that he's going to go ahead and try to apply for the Jets GM position, um, which I think is a good move. I think Scott Pioli is a serviceable GM, but at the end of the day, you'll be answering to Adam Gase, not the CEO. Right. And that's the thing. Like, How can you have that hierarchy of you know, I'm the COO, Chris Johnson, and the general manager is going to answer directly to me. 
And then the head coach is going to answer directly to me. I'm not an expert, but I would like to think that it would go owner, general manager, head coach. Dude, I, I, uh, I thought about this quite a bit, and uh, maybe this is a topic for a different day. Why are there GMs anymore? Truthfully, at the end of the day, why are there GMs? I think now in the NFL, the way it's set up, the, the head coach should be the final um, stopping point. He should have all the power, the head coach, and the owner should just obviously pay the rent and all, right. and all that shit. But the, the head coach, just like Bill Belichick is, um, he should have the final authority and the final say. Um, at the end of the day, you're asking somebody to cook with the ingredients that you got them, right? So what if a head coach wants to cook with their own ingredients? You know what I'm saying? So right. it's, it's weird that a different person will give you the players need to fit into your system. Right. It's your system. You should go out there, source your own players, bring them in, and do it that way. Right. But even get like even this year, Gay signed off on all these signings. Yeah. He signed. I mean, well, everyone not, knows. Everyone knows but, that. But Le'Veon now looking Bell, back, we don't know if he was forced into it. We don't know if he was like you know. But hey, everyone knows Le'Veon Bell coming to New York was strictly a Johnson family ownership move. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. So regardless, man. Uh, interesting news as always with the Jets. Uh, they took the headlines away from Gase. the Giants. For if anyone knows, if anyone knows why Gase is getting what he's getting right now. Hit me up on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Yeah, Send at him. me that shit. At him. I want to know because I don't see it. I don't see it anywhere. All right, moving on. We got the NFL rankings top 10. Um, simply put, we're taking all the moves, all the free agency moves, all the draft moves, just general feel, how we think the season ended last year, whatever we want to put into it and give you a top 10. Uh, we're going to run through the NFL power rankings that we have. Um, just top 10. We're not going to get to all 32 teams. Oh, we have time that. for that 32. shit. I was about to have a heart attack with <laughs> I Adam thought, Gase just now. <laughs> I tell you, you got really worked up. I really, like, think, I really think you have some unresolved feelings with the, with the Dolphins and how that ended, right? Right? Like, it, right? I just don't understand. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, what did you do? Yeah. All right. So, number one, I have the Patriots as my uh, number one on the power rankings. Um, these guys are the old Super Bowl champions. Um, they have only gone stronger. Um, the one... Uh, the one, uh, the one person that I retired being Gronk, um, that will hurt us obviously. But I think we have a good uh, draft and some good free agency, uh, free agency additions that will help us out. Um, obviously, my biggest um, breakout player will do this next week as well. But I think Nikhil Harry, it will be a breakout player in the league. Um, he's good size, good player. But taking all that into account, Tom Brady, yeah, he slowed down a little bit at the end of the year. But who knows? He might put one more magical run together. I got them number one. All right. Now I'm going with the Saints. I got the Saints as number one. I mean, the team's mostly intact. They lost Max Unger to retirement, but I mean, they gained Latavius Murray at running back when Mark Ingram went to Baltimore. They got Jared Cook to at least get some friggin' tight end play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can replicate what he had in Oakland. Um, and, and like I said, like the defense is still intact. They're in a they're in a they're in a hard division. I got the Saints as one, and I think this is probably Drew Brees' last chance at a, sure. a true sure. winner at that point. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number one. Yeah. Number two for me, I have the Saints as well. Um, I won't go on because you basically put in a great bow there. I won't go into detail there either. But um, two straight years in a row, they got just horrific luck, man. Bad luck with the Minnesota Vikings game and then obviously with the blown right. call. Two years in a row, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen for three years in a row. I think this is the year they'll break out. I think this will be um, the last possible run that Drew Brees and Sean Payne will have. Um, they will break out and make to the Super Bowl after all those... All this bullshit. Please. Right. I got a. I got Kansas City at two. Now, barring whatever the hell's going on with Tyreek Hill, 
The offense is still in decent shape. They got that Mecole Hardman kid to, you know, plan for life after Tyreek Hill. They still they have Damian Williams, who was breakout status when he filled in for Kareem Hunt. You still got Kelsey. Uh, you still got Patrick Mahomes that throw you into a game. But I'm still big on the Steve Spagnolo signing as the uh, the defensive coordinator, sure. especially yeah. with Frank Clark and then a, a couple of like cornerbacks and in a defensive tackle they took in in, uh, in the draft this year. I think it's going to open up the defensive playbook, especially you know Sorensen was making plays all year, um, and then you got Tyron Matthew. I think Spagnolo is going to have a field day with that defense. They they addressed a glaring hole on that team, sure. which so yeah. Spagnolo is going to be. Exciting to watch. Cool, cool. Um, number three, I have the Packers. Um, I have them fairly high compared to the rest of the people out there just because Rodgers, simply put. Aaron Rodgers, man. Um, he is too good to be mediocre. For him, this is a put-up-or-shut-up year, right? This is uh, the last four or five years. He hasn't been that good, man. He's been uh, The last four or five years, he's been below 500. So this is a big year for him, and I think he will come out slinging eventually when, I think, the NFC North. And probably make a deep playoff run. Right. They, plus, they, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Plus, they had great defensive picks, man. I absolutely love that Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan linebacker they picked up. Um, he's going to anchor the defense, take over for Clay Matthews, and I just love the moves they made on defense. Um, and I think um, Malafleur will step in. And I, what I don't like so far is the fact that they haven't even met yet. They haven't even talked. Well, I think they talked, but they haven't I think met. It was yet. on the phone. Yeah, right? yeah, but they haven't. They haven't actually met in person. I think that's a little bit of an issue with between Malafleur and Aaron Rodgers. But I think in the in the uh, in the end, where Malafleur is going to be good for Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's, I mean, it's definitely going to open up the uh, the playbook option for him. More, more oh God, less vanilla playbook uh, play calling from from Mike McCarthy. And like you said, I'm, they address the defense. The defense was a glaring hole for for the Packers. Uh, number three, I got the Colts. I mean. Uh, the team's been intact offensively. They address the defensive side of the ball with Justin Houston, Rocky Asin at cornerback. He's a hard-hitting cornerback out of Temple. And then they got Paris Campbell to line up opposite of uh, of uh, T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. I think he's going to have another career year. Uh, he kind of found himself last season uh, showing why he was a first-round pick by Detroit a couple of years ago. So I got the Colts at number, uh, number three. Nice. Uh, number four, I have the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs. Are they're they've, they've lost a lot. They've lost Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. Um, hope to God Tyreek Hill is not on that fucking field next year. Right. But the replacement, uh, the Georgia wide receiver, uh, Nicole Hardman, you pointed him out. The dude has 4-3-3 speed, elite speed. Man, I think he'll slot right in. Um, maybe it'll take a few games for him to get in sync with Mahomes. Right. Um, obviously, I think with those two major talents being gone from the offense, they won't have the numbers that uh, Mahomes had last year. It won't be the high-flying offense. But they're still good enough to make deep playoff runs and be number four right. in high rankings. They'll probably win their division. Um, and plus, at the end of the day, I love their defensive moves as well. They, they did a lot to... At Tyron Matthew and just at Steve Spagnola, and it'll be it'll be I think good in the long run for right. the defense. Absolutely, uh, number four. I got the uh, the Sandy not San Diego because they're not in San Diego anymore. Los Angeles Chargers. Hang on a second. Hold get, on, I got to do it as well. Yeah, you ready? One, two, three. Los Angeles Chargers. I couldn't top that. That's all you. That's all you. That was good. Uh, I got the I got the the Chargers, the Super Chargers at number uh, number four. Uh, again, that Nasir Adderley pick to line up opposite of Der- uh, Derwin James in safety. I mean, that defense was right up there. I mean, top five, in my opinion, last season. And I think they just got better. And uh, they, you know, Jerry uh, Jerry Tillery, 
right on defensive tackle. It's going to take less heat off of uh, Ingram and Bosa on the edge. And the offensive side of the ball, you got my man, Phillip Rivers. Yep, P. Num- Rivers. Number 17, Bolo tie, keeping you in the game. Gonna number 17, is that his number or is that how many kids he has now? Uh, no, 17 is the number. Okay. Uh, if he has one more kid, he now has an entire offensive unit. Oh, look so, at that. Just, so God, po- God bless you, Philip. That's some powerful sperm right there, bro. God bless you, Philip. Um, <laughs> but then, like, I feel like he's the guy who just look at a chicken and get her pregnant. I mean, you got the bolo tie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but you know, you still have uh, Keenan Allen and Williams, and the, the offensive side of the ball is still in good shape. Yep. So I got them at number four. Yeah, I got uh, I got them at number five. They're my next pick. Um, number five Chargers. Uh, you take a great defense with people like you know Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. You add that with a great run game with uh, Melvin Gordon. He's still there. Um, you have success using the NFL. You mm-hmm. topped it off with a great quarterback. It's going to be great all the way around. Um, I think they're really good. I think uh, uh, the duo of Ingram and Bosa will have another year to develop, and these guys are going to cause all kinds of havoc for quarterbacks. Um, Bosa himself, I was looking at his stats, man, and obviously he's missed some games, but in in 37 games, the dude has 29.5 sacks. That's insane. Mm -hmm. So when he's on the field, man, he's productive as fuck. So those guys are good, man. Um, They ran into a bus up in New England this year, obviously, Um, but I expect a lot of big things, and at the end of the day, man, I just wish Philip Rivers had one Super Bowl before he walks away. Right. You know? Especially, especially. He's... It's the man. He, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in that class. But that's just me. Uh, number five, I got the, the Patriots. Now, they had a great draft. I love the draft that they had. But there's you're still going to be missing Gronk. Sure. Like, you're still going to be missing him uh, him a lot. I mean, I, I like that Nikhil Harry pickup, and hopefully Josh Gordon comes back. I mean, we talked about, like, the last two episodes of Gordon and Nikhil Harry come back. You know, that, that's going to be an elite pass-catching core because they lost – they lost Chris Hogan, which sure. he wasn't doing much, but he, he, right. he was a body there. He, he would there. show up every two, three games, you know? He was a body there. Yeah. I mean, they got uh, Dontrell Immen, I'm pretty sure, out of Indianapolis. He won't, he won't make the he's fucking not gonna, roster. He's not, no. And then you have um, D, uh, Demarius Thomas. and you know, He's on, not going to make... I'm going to call it right now. He's not, he's not going to make the roster either. I wouldn't be surprised either because yeah. of the Achilles injury. Yep. But, um, you know, you got... Austin Safarian Jenkins, ASJ tight end. He's he's serviceable. That you know, no shade against ASJ. But then you bring back an aging Ben Watson. Like I, I get it. You want to win another ring, and the Pats are your, probably your best chance at a winner. But realistically, what what's he gonna? I, I just don't see him producing enough with ASJ to make up for Gronk being gone. If they're able to maybe free up some cap space and trade for Kyle Rudolph, yeah. then yeah. I would move New England up in my sure. in my count. Sure, cool, cool. Uh, number uh, number six, I got the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I got them a little lower than most people, but uh, there's a lot of buzz going into next year. And uh, the only reason I don't have them higher is uh, simply because of Andrew Luck. Um, just like Aaron Rodgers, this is his. Put up or shut up a year. Mm. So far, the dude hasn't lived up to the Peyton Manning standard. The kid was obviously not going to come and be judged off of just regular standards. Uh, if it's regular standards, obviously he's doing great. But he was pegged to the next Peyton Manning, so we're going to hold him to a higher standard. Um, he has to make a deep playoff run this year, and I think this will be the year. I think these guys could possibly get to the AFC Championship game. So yep, we'll I see how that pans out. Um, and I like what they did on offense. They added Justin Houston. Um, their defense last year was coming alive. Um, additionally, Paris Campbell plus... 
uh, T.Y. Hilton on the uh, they got a the bunch of those big receivers out there. I think that'll be really good for Andrew right, Luck especially as well. with Frank Reich as yeah. head coach and he's he's offensive coordinator. Like he, he's, the plays are going through him, so that's that's definitely going to be an interesting offense to watch and probably an offensive targeting in fantasy football as well too. Uh, number six, uh, I got the Rams. It's hangover time, dude. That's uh, that's funny. I, th- I thought we had this conversation. I thought you had him higher. A little bit, and then yeah. I thought about it, yeah. and, and then I thought more about Todd Gurley's knee. So and, not, and you can you can talk for both of those because my next pick at number seven is a Rams. So yeah. go for it, brother. So man. for me, the Rams, uh, it, it's hangover time. We've yeah. talked about this. It, it's hangover time. It was it was a crushing loss. They were in the game the whole time, and it was just a couple of plays that just didn't go their way. Uh, I mean, they still had they had a good draft and a good free agency. They got Clay Matthews. They got Eric Weddle at safety. They brought Malcolm Brown in case Gurley's not there, and then they took a running back out of uh, out of Memphis in the draft. But the lingering issue with Todd Gurley's knee is going to be a back, problem back throughout up, the year. Back it up, back it up, back it up. The Todd father. The Todd father. Come on, I'm man. Sorry. The Todd father. Yeah, I mean that's and, and that's the thing. And do I think he had a legit knee issue last year? Absolutely. But I think it was fifty percent the knee. And then fifty percent of it was a confidence issue. Hey, like, you're right. I think I think that what that's what it was. I think it was simply put, he lost his confidence, man. Yep. I don't know what it was, dude. They listen. That team was not right when they went up to Chicago and they got their fucking mouths beaten in. Like they got smashed mouth football, bro. Mm-hmm. They got beaten to a pulp up there, and they weren't the same afterwards. Yep. Same thing with Todd Gurley. I think a lot had to do with that game as well. You know. Yep. And you know what? Todd, the the Todd father towards the end of the year reminded me a, a lot of. When the Rams, their first year in Los Angeles with Jeff Fisher and Todd just could not get going at sure. all. Like he couldn't find sure. he couldn't find a gap. He couldn't follow a blocker. He just he just looked out of sorts. So yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see. Like you know, Sean McVay is still taking heat, being like he's fine, the knee's fine, well, it was keeps, on me. But yeah, plus, he's gonna have to Sean, fall on the sword. Well, Sean McVay keeps bringing it up. He talks about how like he got out coached. I'm like, dude, just let it go. It's right. been like three months ago. Right. Regardless, you're right. Uh, big hangover, bro. I got them at number seven. Um, I think but God, I'm sorry, uh McVeigh and Goff got exposed a little bit in that Super Bowl, um, and this is going to be their hangover year. So think of it as if uh, what happened with the Seattle Seahawks after their Super Bowl um, did not give it to Marshawn Lynch to score and one of the Patriots, and right. they had the implosion the next year. I think this is down the line for these guys. I think next year this thing is going to implode because as of right now, they're just taking in players, they're just signing left or right, right, acquiring talent and disregarding chemistry. I'm a big believer in the NFL. You have 50% talent, 50% chemistry. It's the reason why the Patriots year in and year out have shittier talent, but they have greater chemistry and win out. So this is the year that chemistry blows up and the whole thing implodes. Right, and even like the, from the pass catching perspective too, uh, Cooper Cup he he blew his knee out towards the end of the year. So for ACL surgeries, most of the time, like your knee, uh, from what my understanding of is from like sports medicine people in the business is. It'll take you almost a year to come back, and he blew that out yep. late in the season. So he's not going to come back to full form probably by maybe week six. Listen, listen, I'm no Todd Gurley, as you can tell. But I've had two ACL surgeries, two ACL reconstructive surgeries. And, dude, the first time I did it, it took me a year and a half to get right. Right. And then the second time, it took me a year just because I've been through it for uh, I've been through it before, and I could you know expedite six months or whatever. But it's it's a long process, bro. Like even a small a small knee injury, it's it's a lot about your confidence and a lot about your wherewithal, right? Um, I had my knee surgery uh, three months ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still not 100 percent sure. I'm getting better day by day. 
but my body's compensating for it. I, I can tell I can tell that I'm leaning towards my left knee and taking pressure off my right knee just because I know it went through an injury. Like mm-hmm. the body is compensating in a way that I didn't think it was. And I have to tell myself to put more weight on my right knee. So it's a lot mental as well. And I think that's what he's dealing with right now, truthfully. Yep, I think so. Knee injuries are scary because you put a lot of weight on it. You, it's your confidence and all that shit. Right. I mean, you, you can look at Watson when he blew his knee out. He wasn't in full form until week six. Yeah. I mean, Wentz, we don't really know because of the back issue. It's... It is what it second, is. Second worst injury you can have as a football or basketball player is your is your knee first being the Achilles, but this Especially is this could be just as, just as bad enough. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, so, Jesus, where the hell are we at? So you had seven. Uh, I'm sorry. So we're at seven because I had seven uh, Rams and you filled in for both of us right there. Okay. So next up, I got the I got the Chicago Bears. Um, I got the Bears coming in next. Second year under Matt Nagy for Mitch Trubisky. I think that's going to be he's going to take a huge step. I mean, he he had a bunch of different coordinators his first year with John Fox, and I mean, it was like an old school football program at that point. He showed me a lot of signs of life last year, and I think he's just going to get better this season as well too. And uh, plus, I had a good draft with David Montgomery. In my opinion, like I said last week, he's uh, Cream Hunt 2.0, and then Riley Ridley adding to that scheme with. Alan Hearns and Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen. Um, I think that's still going to be an offense you're going to want to watch. Defense is still intact for the most part. They lost, uh, what was it, eight, uh, Amos. Uh, he's in, uh, he's uh, safety. They lost him, but they replaced him with HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, they lost Vic Fangio to be the head coach of Denver, but they brought in Chuck Pagano. So most of the pieces are still intact. You still got Khalil Mack there and... Jesus Christ. That defense is still something to deal with. I, they're, my, they're my top defense in the, the sure. league going going forward. So sure. that's what I got for the Chicago Bears. Nice. Speaking of top defenses, number eight, um, the 49ers. Um, I think the 49ers and that defensive line with Quan Alexander, um, Ford, and Bosa, dude, I think that's going to be the best defensive line in football. These guys are going to cause all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, the, the biggest issue that I had reservations for keeping the uh, 49ers as high is I'm banking on Jimmy G being healthy. Um, if this dude's healthy, it's a playoff team. Right. These guys could potentially vie for that NFC uh, West title if uh, Jimmy G is healthy. Um, the issue being, obviously, Jimmy G being on the field. Now, he's played in... He started 10 games in five NFL seasons, whether it's being the backup or hurt or whatever it is. He's only played 10 games in five seasons. And that's a lot of, you know, expectations, money, whatever it is, which mm-hmm. is 10 starts. So this dude better come out swinging. He better stay healthy. He better be on the field. Um, the future himself, the head coach, and maybe even John Lynch depends on him staying healthy and right. making a playoff run. Right. And there were rumblings that John Lynch might be out of a job after yep. the draft, too. Yep. Um, so number eight, I got the, uh, I got the Eagles. I got... Uh, them coming in next. They replaced Michael Bennett with Malik Jackson because Bennett went to New England. So Malik Jackson came in from Jacksonville. Um, they gave Wentz another playmaker with uh, Deshaun Jackson and uh, a thumper at running back with Jordan Howard. Uh, they also added Miles Sanders in the draft from uh, from Penn State. So, I mean, the offensive side of the ball is still intact. The defense is, is still there. Um I still think it's the Eagles' division to win uh, at that point in the yeah. NFC East. So they, I have them coming in at number eight. It's just can Wentz stay healthy? Yeah. I mean, he was playing. He was playing at MVP level before he went down with that knee injury, and then this season, two again, years ago, not this year. Two, right? Sorry, two years ago, this yeah. season he was coming back from that knee injury, and then he had the the, the friggin' what was it? A stress fracture? In I his think back? it was like his back or something. Some, some, some fracture major in his that, back. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can avoid the injury bug, yep. I think this team's gonna go. Same far. thing between him and Jimmy G, right? Yeah. Um, number nine, I have the Cowboys. I actually have the Cowboys winning the NFC East. I think uh, Carson Wentz will not be able to stay healthy, and I got the Cowboys winning. I absolutely love the Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper combo. I love those guys. Um, they uh, in free agency they re-signed Demarcus Lawrence, which is massive, which brings him back in that young defensive group for another year to develop. Mm. Um, also, I love Jalen Smith. I think he's gonna be the next great linebacker. Number fifty-four out of Notre Dame. He sat out for a year with his ACL, but he came back this year and he just lit it up, dude, absolute fire, right? Um, so I think he'll be the next great linebacker. Um, the issue is you gotta pay Zeke. I think we got this conversation yep. already. You gotta pay him because he is the heart of your offense. Simply put. Um, the dude is just dynamite. He keeps that offense going. You got to pay Dak because you got to have a quarterback in this league. And like I said earlier, do not pay Amari Cooper. Jerry Jones, if you're listening somehow, do not no, pay Amari Cooper. he's the last man to, to get paid. He's the last one at the trough, uh, in my opinion. Number nine, I got the 49ers. I have them. I think we both have them ranked higher than some people in the business. I mean, I'm kind of bullish on the 49ers. I think they had a great draft with Bosa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Debo Samuel, wide receiver. He's going to line up opposite of Marquise Goodwin. And then you have Dante Pettis coming back from last year. I think he got banged up a little bit towards the end. And then an intriguing draft pick they had was Jalen Hurd. Uh, He was a running back at Tennessee. They went to Baylor and he was a wide receiver. receiver. He's going to be dope. He's going to be dope. Every time I watched Baylor, he jumped off the fucking screen. So someone to yep. target in fantasy yep. football as yep. well too. He and, could be a breakout player. Yep, and he's going to be moved around in that uh, the uh, Kyle Kyle Shanahan uh, offense going on. And then again, you know, you're getting in theory a healthy Jimmy G. He's coming off a knee injury. We've already established that it's going to take time for the knee to and the player to feel comfortable and pushing it a little bit. But on paper, a healthy Jimmy G, a healthy Jarek McKinnon in the backfield, plus Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida at running back too. That's also like a little mini Hydra running back situation you got like they have in New England too. They can all catch the friggin' ball. So it's going to be something to watch. I got them at number nine. Nice. Number 10, I got the Cleveland Browns. Oh um, I thought a lot about this uh, pick just because this could be either something great or it could be something complete. Boom. It could be an absolute bust. Um, if all the drama can be put aside, if they can be a good cohesive unit, this is this could be a great season for the Browns. Um, the first playoff run they could have in years. We're talking like 10, 15 years, right? Um, the issue is this is a massive chemistry experiment, right? What Dorsey did was he acquired talent. Um, and he's hoping just like the Rams, these guys will just mesh and be fine. But then again, sometimes they don't mesh. Sometimes they can just blow up in your face. These guys have, uh, the Browns have the hands down the best roster in the NFL, right? You list all the, the fucking, the names everywhere are unreal, right? You got Baker, you got, you got Hunt, you got OBJ, Landry, Sheldon Richardson, um, Olivia Vernon. Wherever you look, there's absolute talent everywhere. Even Gerald McCoy might end up being uh, uh, traded to, uh, to the Browns. But it all comes down to can they put it together? Um, My biggest concern is if they start out slow, if they start out one and three, oh and four, this shit's gonna implode, man. Like the fucking media's gonna get to them. They're not gonna be um, experienced enough to get through that hurdle. If they start out three and one, four and oh, things are great. They're just gonna fucking steam. But how the season starts out is gonna set up how they're gonna end. Um, so it, it all just comes down to how they're gonna actually um, start the season out. Additionally, my other bigger concern is Freddie Kitchen. The dude is 
first time head coach three months ago he was fucking just buried on that coaching staff now he's a head coach right i mean what kind of experience do you have um and then finally i'm concerned about obj um i finally come around the camp where i've always defended him um but i'm starting to see some of this shit man i'm like even i can't defend it man like i'm starting to see why people um you know, not like back on this guy, but I'm seeing why people say what they say about him. Right. Um, before, I thought it was a little over the top in the criticism of OBJ. I thought um, he was a great, uh, great player with some, um, you know, on the field antics. Right. And nobody questioned the talent. But but now it's off the field antics. That's what's starting to become an issue for me. Where he's not showing up to OTA, showed up one day and he fucking left, and he's fucking tweeting at Colin Cowherd, that's ripping his shit. Right. And he's that's, just stupid, you know? And that's the thing. And, and listen, like, I could care less. If you're, if you're going to show up at OTAs, you're going to show up at OTAs. But if you're going to talk about making them the New England Patriots in five years... Yeah, good luck with that. You better be in at OTAs setting the example. You better be setting the bar high. But you were talking about, like, how are they going to respond to media criticism. We haven't even made training camp. And they're taking, like, for all intents and purposes... Colin Cowherd is a rabble rouser, okay? Like, he's going to do things... He wants that, Odell. He wants you to lose your shit and fucking go at him. He wants that so he can throw it up on his fucking show and get these ratings. And it's not even just that. It's like, it's Baker. It's almost like a pastime of like, how can I push Baker Mayfield's buttons? And, And Baker and OBJ are playing into that mindset of... How are they so stupid that they can't see that? You know what I'm saying? Because I watched that show after Baker and Odell ripped him. And the whole time, he was just loving it, bro. He's like, right. oh, I'm expecting an apology. I don't hear it yet. Come back from commercial break. Oh, we thought we had an apology, but we didn't get an apology from Odell. He just wants to do that. Right. He just wants to. So I understand how Baker and Odell aren't smart enough to realize that this dude is goading you to do this shit. Yeah, and what's going to happen if you get you get your teeth kicked in by Tennessee oh, and you go, say, one and, one and three, two and two? Dude, if it's under 500 in the first four games of the season, you're fucked. Like, what's going to happen? Like, Freddie Kitch, like, Freddie kitchens and john dorsey can't batten down the hatches quick enough to temper expectations and then you have uh obj talking about being the new patriots but not showing up at otas and then starting all the shit never thought i'd say this if you're trying to be the patriots watch them in a press conference if people are talking shit about them like tj Hushmanzada or max kellerman who's a fucking fool to begin with Dude, max kellerman is stupid as fuck but do you see tom brady coming out on no, twitter absolutely not do you see do you see did you see Gronk come out on twitter mm-hmm uh, maybe Josh Gordon when he was training there. You see him say anything? Yeah. Maybe no? Josh Gordon kept everything shut when he was there. Yeah. There's, you don't hear a peep out of Foxborough. Yep. Maybe you should take a note. Yep. If you're going to go anywhere. If you like, want to be the Patriots, shut your face. Like, and, and it's not like they're in an easy division either. Oh, nope. That's like, it's, it's one thing to talk a big game and you're playing in the AFC East. Dude, dude, they have the best talent in the division. Just play. Can they put it together? Like, we can both agree. They're fucking talent on that roster. Right. Best roster in the NFL. Absolutely. Hands down. Top to bottom. Best roster. Yep. But I have extreme fears of this thing imploding on the whole. And and I hope not. Man, I I have some great friends in Ohio. People are super excited about Odell. Like, apparently, it was like Jesus came back for Odell when Mm -hmm. he got traded there. I hope they do well, man. I hope the Browns are, are good. But... I don't and know, another man. thing people aren't talking about either is Duke Johnson is going to be a squeaky wheel mm-hmm. if you can't ship that man off. Yep. Because he yep. his touches are now getting cut mm-hmm. by the rookie they took. But they need him for the Kareem Hunt absence. Yep. And so, is, he, is he willing to put... And that's what separates the Patriots. Is Kareem Hunt willing to put aside his ego... I'm sorry, uh, Duke Johnson. Put aside his ego, be the good soldier for eight games and get those touches. But when Kareem Hunt comes, when Kareem Hunt comes back... You go ahead and take a backseat. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put your ego to the side and take the backseat role to Kareem Hunt? 
You know I think that question is going to depend and on how that, that locker room plays out with that, OB, Dick, exactly. OBJ and, 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 and that uh, Baker. And that is what separates the Patriots from everybody else because there are weeks where Julian Edelman ain't getting 19 catches or look, getting 19 looks his way. There's weeks where he'll get three catches. But he can put his ego aside. Tom Brady, there's days where he won't throw 20 balls. It'll be the run-heavy uh, run uh, attack mm-hmm. that week. You know what I'm saying? Can you put your ego aside for the betterment of the team? That's why I didn't have them crack in my top 10. I was thinking about having them crack my top 10. And I was like, I just, I don't. Were they, were they right outside of it? Were they I mean, if you? we did if we did all 32, let's see. Probably top 11, 15, 12. Okay. And I mean, that might be a stretch. I just, I'm not confident in Freddie Kitchens managing all those egos. It's one thing to be like well, everybody's best friend because anything's an improvement over Hugh Jackson. Well, I think, I think that... Is a concern for me, the Freddie Kitchens aspect, but it's not a big concern because the dude is simply put, he is a puppet as a head coach. Dorsey's running this whole thing. Right. Dorsey's up there making these moves. Dorsey's up there hoping this chemistry meshes. And a lot of this will be on Dorsey if it implodes. So I'm not worried about Kitchens that much because Dorsey's going to be there in a leadership role with the experience that he has. Mm -hmm. But it is a little bit of a concern for me as well. Right. And round out by top 10. That was your 10. Yeah, we're at number 10. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, man... My Buffalo Bills. I got my nice, Bills. Nice. I, I, I don't. I don't. Yep. Nice. I, I, think, can, I, like it. I think I'm literally the one that has them the highest out of anyone that's no, got a power you, ranking. You've convinced me on your line of thinking with the Bills, especially with the Jets bullshit this week. Yep. I, there's a good chance they'll be vying for a playoff position. Yep. I mean, I'm, bu- I'm buying. I'm buying the Bills. They, they, they had a great offseason free agency. I'm going to beat a dead horse. You got John Brown. You got, uh, what do you call him? The. Cole Beasley underneath. And then another thing that was going unnoticed a little bit was uh, Mitch Morse, the center signing. He was with Kansas City for a long time. He was often injured, but the talent was always there. Buffalo is making a point to try to keep Josh Allen upright in the pocket and throwing the ball because we all know he can throw it a country mile. We all know he can... You know, he can run like Trubisky or, or Michael Vick. I think he had more rushing yards in the game than Michael Vick did in his prime. Sure. But it's going to be interesting to get the protection around him enough to make the quick throws uh, underneath to, to Cole Beasley. And then defensive side, you got Ed Oliver, who can play 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, either line up at center or play nose tackle. You, got, you can build around that defense with him and Tremaine Edmonds. And worst case... You could have Ed Oliver line up an outside linebacker. He's got that much speed, and, and he can be uh, he can be all right in coverage and pass rush. And then running back Devin Singletary. Here's my hot take with the Bills. I think uh, Lashawn McCoy is probably going to get cut by training camp. Ooh, that's big. Because that's big, you have that's you, a have, you have a traffic jam. You yeah. have Lashawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. You have Frank Gore. Uh, you have uh, the Singletary kid, and you have T.J. Yeldon. Yep. Like two over the hill I- guys. I wholeheartedly support that because this motherfucker's out there spoiling Avengers for everybody. Yep. Come on, Sean well, McCoy. In the words of Matthew Berry at Matthew Berry TMR, uh, the spoiled McCoy is about to be LeCut McCoy. Let's hope so. He and, deserved to be cut, bro. But, I mean, he wasn't producing. Like, from a number standpoint, he wasn't producing last year. And granted, the offensive line was bad. And, yep. the, I mean, Josh Allen was out. But he's not doing enough. And they're not going to pay him that much sure. when you have Frank Gore. Uh, and I think... Josh Allen is going to take a big step, uh, like Trubisky in his second year. He's going to take a big step. He's going to show improvement, and I think you're going to see a lot of underneath yard after catches with uh, with him and Cole Beasley. Nice, nice, cool, man. Well, that is our top ten. 
That was some uh, great knowledge right there, bro. Yeah. We sounded very professional. We did. For a second, I was like, is this Skip Bayless and like we know, Shabba here? Like we know what we're talking about. Ah, cool, cool. Well, uh, that is all I have, brother, man. Do you have anything else you want to get to? Can I talk about Max Kellerman for a minute? Go for it, man. It has yours. nothing to do with football. Go for it. I didn't have a problem with Max. I didn't have a problem with Max until, was it last week or the week before? Is this the Kobe Bryant Kawhi Leonard The thing? Kobe Bryant yeah, Kawhi bad. Leonard. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Like... Dude, I don't even like I don't so, I don't follow I, I think, hoops that much. I think I think just the fact that you're having this conversation, Max Kellerman's winning. Because I realized his angle is to pick a big star. NFL is Tom Brady, apparently it's Corey Brown of the NBA, and then just say some outlandish fucking shit, and then everybody just tunes in to see what his reaction is. That's what it is, you know? Just stupid. Yeah. Like I'm not even a bas like I'll follow basketball in the playoffs. I'll follow basketball in the playoffs. But to sit there and say that Kawhi Leonard is more clutch than Kobe Bryant over the entire span of his career, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Fucking stupid. I can't. I can't. I don't even think we should respect his fucking name on this show, man. Like, that saves the rabble-rousing Colin Cowherd, you know, baiting of of OBJ. At least Colin Cowherd, like, if you listen to Colin Cowherd, man, I think he is generally one of the better sport broadcasters out there. Like, he will give you good information, good logic, reason behind it. Um, But, God, what Max Kellerman says, Max Kellerman and Rob Parker are the two biggest clowns on TV. (laughs) Like, dudes are supposed to be straight up saying some outlandish shit, bro. I just, man, I like, I wanted to, like, Shake somebody. Like, I just, I couldn't believe the nonsense I was saying. I never thought that I would say this, but I, I, Stephen A. Smith was not the most annoying thing on that show as of lately. No. Dude. You know what I really like? I really like Will Kane, by the way. Will Kane, I think, hey, if you put Will Kane with Stephen A. Smith, Mm -hmm. yo, Max, it's a wrap. (laughs) Like, go, just stick with fighting. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, bro. Cool, cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, anything else we're going to get to? I think that's it. And you know what? I think the Bills are going to win. For Pancho Bia. Oh yes, rest in peace, Pancho Bia, man. Yep, lost, lost a good one. Viva Los, Viva Los Bills. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, he was probably the most well-known super fan, short of Fireman, Fireman Ed for the New York yeah, yeah. Jets. Uh, he recently died of a battle with uh, with cancer. So yeah. sucks, man. He's thirty nine years old, but man, he he had the whole community. He had other NFL teams, uh, you know, sending their condolences. So I think I think the Bills are gonna make a big push with some Pancho power. So Pancho Bia, this one's for you, man. R.I.P. Rest in peace, brother. Um, that's all I got for my show, awesome. our show rather. Let's I don't know why I said my show, dude. Let's plug it up. You You want to plug it up this week? Because I was plugged up. Uh, I'm not even prepared for it. All right. So, (laughs) DePuma's got the plug. So, this this episode can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify. You do it so well. You're like a natural, bro. Yeah, you try. You know, pro football radio. Silky smooth. SoundCloud. Radio radio voice. Spotify. (laughs) Google Play. We're making love to the microphone right now. Tune (laughs) in. So, yeah. Check out the episodes on those platforms. YouTube. Our boy Joe uh, Pops. Joe Rossillo, uh, he's our YouTube uh, extraordinaire video producer. He'll have that content up later on, uh, either this evening or tomorrow morning. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. Yours truly, DePuma, at Brando underscore Puma, Jay Chima, at Jay Chima. That's it for this episode, plug-wise, so, man. So next week, I, I have been working on some nicknames. Um, we will reconvene the nickname segment slash trying to figure out my nickname is next week all right all right one last thing i gotta say as always you're fired
hurt. Oh god, I just got throat cancer. No, you gotta hit it with the echo. You gotta hit it with the echo. Chichibo! so good well that is all thank you so much guys appreciate every single one of you we'll talk to you next week via con dios <laughs> <laughs>